And so as an employee, you kind of get the worst of all worlds. And so we're going to talk about today is why it's so important to have your own business, how even if you are an employee, having your own side business or a business that you control in addition to your job um, can actually offer you tax benefits. And what are the structures of building your own company? How do we, as medical professionals, create the life of our dreams and still impact the lives of our patients? My name is Dr. Adam Sewell, and I'm here to show you how to break free of the traditional healthcare system that has you overworked and underpaid. If you're ready to join us, visit freedomthroughprosperity.com. But for now, let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, I'm so glad to have you here. Today we're going to be talking about how to build your own medical company. And this is really important because what we'll discover is that uh, if you hadn't have a chance to read a book uh, called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, it's a great book. And one of the major points he makes in this book is to uh, describe this quadrant. And what he says here is that basically as an employee, uh, you have a job essentially which you earn money for. However, uh, if you go and you start to work on your own, you become self-employed. So you have your own job and then you become part of the S category. If you own a business where you have other people working for you, then you're considered a business owner, which is the B here. And then if you only are investing money, but you don't actually work uh, in the business, then you're an investor here. And what uh, Robert Kiyosaki does an excellent job of describing is why is it that some people can make so much more money than other people? And why is it that it's sometimes easier for some people to make a lot of wealth, whereas the majority of people uh, struggle to do that? And it has to do with these quadrants. Um, basically, as an employee, you have the highest taxation rate. Um, you have a job, which is, uh, you, know, you know, a lot of variables go into this, but it's somewhat insecure because you're essentially at the beck and call of an employer and the employer may decide to, uh, to fire you or downsize you, etc. And so as you look at these quadrants, essentially, as you go across them from ESBI, uh, what you find is you get more freedom and less taxation as you go through each of these quadrants. So as an employee, you have the greatest taxation and perhaps the greatest risk because you could be eliminated anytime. Uh, if you are self-employed, then you have your own job. Um, this could be like being a contractor, for example, or, or taking a 1099 contract at a hospital. Um, here you own a job, you have a contract with a hospital, you still have the same risk. Well, you know, if someone cancels your contract, you don't have a job anymore. Um, but while you have that contractor job, it's yours. You can determine how it's done. You can determine where the money goes. Uh, there's different expenses that you can write off just because you become self-employed. And then once you become a business owner where you have other people and systems working for you, uh, then you have a different taxation rate. And then finally, as an investor, where you invest money into projects, you have the lowest taxation rate. And just to give you an example, um, you might have heard a story about Warren Buffett and his secretary. Warren Buffett, of course, one of the wealth wealthiest men uh, in the United States, actually pays less taxes than his secretary. And the reason why is that Warren Buffett is actually an investor whereas his secretary is an employee. And so as an employee, you kind of get the worst of all worlds. And so what we're going to talk about today is why it's so important to have your own business, how even if you are an employee, having your own side business or a business that you control in addition to your job um, can actually offer you tax benefits. 
and what are the structures of building your own company. So this uh, entire video is going to teach you all of that and everything you need to know to get everything set up. So there's a couple of different types of companies, a, a company called a sole proprietorship, um, a partnership, a LLC, also known as a limited liability company. You might've heard of that one, uh, a corporation also known as a C corporation, and there's an S corporation. And we'll go through each of these and the, the advantages and disadvantages of each. So a sole proprietorship is basically the easiest way of doing business. Essentially, this is you not having a business, but you use your uh, name and you say, Hey, you know, I am uh, John Smith. And this is John Smith's uh, grass cutting service. You have no formal company that is essentially uh, built. It is just you doing business under your own name. Um, and you can do this, uh, you know, at any time. It's very simple. Obviously, there's very little to manage uh, because you're doing everything uh, yourself. And essentially, all the profits of the business essentially go to you. There's very little paperwork. But one of the major disadvantages of this is that there's unlimited liability. So if you have personal assets such as your house, your car, you know, different things that you own and you are operating as a sole proprietor and somehow in your business, something goes wrong where, you know, you get some kind of liability or someone sues you because it is just you as a person, anything you as a person own can be taken away from you to satisfy uh, that uh, that debt or the, the judgment that would occur from someone suing you. And so it's important to realize that realistically, uh, for all medical entrepreneurs, there's really no advantage to ever being a sole proprietor. It doesn't help you on taxes. You actually pay more taxes. You have no legal protection at all. Um, if something happens, essentially you and everything that you own as a person is now subject to be taken away from you. And just to give you an example, um, there was once a gentleman who had a rock quarry where, where people would go and they would basically quarry rocks, you know, um, and uh, he ran this rock quarry as a sole proprietorship. And he ran it for many years without any issues. And then finally one day he had um, hired someone to work for him and that person got injured in the rock quarry and they sued him for a large sum of money. Well, what ended up happening is because he didn't have a company, um, the rock quarry itself did not make a lot of money. And so what they did is actually went after his personal assets, including his home, car, uh, things that his wife owned, etc. And it completely destroyed this guy's life. So the important thing to learn from that story is don't ever do a sole proprietorship. You just need to know it exists. But it's never recommended that you do that at all um, because there is unlimited liability. Now, the next level up is if you have two sole proprietors that are working together, they call it a partnership. And so this is obviously very easy to form. Um, obviously, you have two different people involved. So you maybe have more capital um, and you can share the losses among the, the two people. You can share the, the gains as well. Um, but you still have the same major disadvantage was highlighted in red here, uh, which is you have unlimited liability. The same thing that happened to the rock quarry example could happen to both you and your partner because you have no legal form of protection. And the next thing that we are going to talk about is a limited liability company. And important to understand is what exactly are companies? What are these businesses and where do they come from? Well, a long time ago in England, um, people would actually take all their money and basically buy a ship and a crew, and they would send that ship and crew to go sell goods somewhere far away or perhaps buy goods far away and bring it back to England. 
And what ended up happening is that for a long time, people did this under their own name. But as you saw before with the sole proprietor and partnership, if anything went wrong with that ship or that crew, um, they were personally liable. So if they had a house, if they had other stuff that they had, you know, worked to save, uh, in order to, to save all this money, et cetera, to, to take this gamble on, on getting the ship and seeing if they could go, uh, trade in a different part of the world, um, it, it would, it caused a lot of liability. And what ended up happening is that it actually caused a huge downturn in trading because people said, Hey, look, I'm not going to take that risk anymore because I could lose everything I have. So um, one of the things that happened is they started to build companies and the whole purpose of a company or a corporation was to take away that liability so that the company itself had similar rights as a person to operate and engage in business. But if something went wrong, that company held the liability of itself away from the owner. So that way, if, if for some reason the ship didn't make it back, the company didn't work out, that's unfortunate, but the company took that liability and the owner, the person who maybe did the investment to start it, the person who, who basically built it, did not keep any liability at all and they could go about their regular life. Uh, and so this is where these kind of came from. And now there's several versions of these that you can use to your advantage. The first of which is the limited liability company, the LLC. You've probably seen before on different uh, you know, <laughs> product labels or et cetera, where it said, you know, name of the company LLC. Uh, this is what they're talking about. It's a very flexible structure. It provides limited liability um, and many of the features of a corporation, but it's also very tax efficient. And it has a lot of flexibility, particularly with partnerships. So the advantages of an LLC are that you have limited liability for the owners, you have flexible profit distributions, and no restrictions on the number of shareholders. So you could have many, many people uh, own part of this company or share part of this company or could be investing in this company uh, because it's an LLC. The disadvantages is that anytime you build a company, it's a little bit more complex to set up, nothing too difficult. Um, you do have to do a little bit of work to maintain it. You do have to file some forms every year with your local uh, government. Um, and obviously, there is a chance that you could actually have some kind of self-employment tax if you don't do this all right. And then sometimes when you're doing international business, some countries don't recognize LLC. Um, they don't recognize it as a company. Um, but that is usually a kind of the least of most concerns. And we'll go through all of this in a little bit more detail and compare them all at the end. The next type of company that you could build is a C corporation. And a C corporation is just your traditional company. So if you think about like Apple or IBM or any of these large companies, they're all C, C corporations. And these are independent legal entity that's owned by shareholders. Uh, meaning that the corporation itself, not the shareholders that own it, is held legally liable for the actions, debts that the business occurs. So if Apple, for example, does something crazy and uh, you know, lose all of its money um, as a shareholder of Apple, you're, you may lose the value of your share, but they don't come after you and say, hey, you need to pay this bill. Um, and so the, the C corporations are what you might think of kind of larger businesses um, being. You don't have to have a large business to be a C corporation, um, but it's great for, um, for like large companies because it allows that separation of liability between the shareholders uh, and, the, and the actual company itself the same way the LLC does, um, but this can be done at a higher level or larger level. There are some disadvantages though as well. So one of the major disadvantages of having a C corporation is that it is kind of expensive to set up and it also is somewhat complex. So depending on how many people you have involved, there's some uh, legal things that have to be filed, et cetera. But the main issue that you'll always have is that with a C corporation, you have 
the disadvantage of double taxation on your profits, meaning that if you build a C company, let's call it Acme, Acme Corporation, right? And Acme Corporation makes a million dollars that year. Um, and so the Acme Corporation pays its corporate tax, which is, you know, 30 to 40%, depending on what's going on with the government and tax rates. Um, then, it, then you get those profits. Then you as a person also have to pay tax. So in, in some ways you actually pay basically tax on the profits twice. The company actually pays tax, then you pay tax. Uh, so it's not efficient in that way. However, you know, for uh, large companies, this isn't much of an issue. Um, and it also allows uh, the ability to raise capital through the sell of stock, which is what's really necessary for like big companies like Apple, IBM, uh, Meta, uh, et cetera. You just name it. Uh, those are all C corporations. The next thing is the S corporation. And the S corporation is likely one that you will use, um, especially if you're an entrepreneur just kind of starting out. If this is your first business, et cetera, you'll probably end up getting an S corporation. And it's a special type of company that's actually created through an IRS tax election, which is a fancy way of saying you fill out a form for the IRS. And they basically give you this uh, status called S corporation. And what it does, it allows profits and losses to be passed through directly onto your own taxes. So for example, if you have S Corporation Acme Incorporated and S Corporation maybe made a million dollars in revenue and it had $500,000 worth of expenses, then you would show a $500,000 profit on your own tax form that you would deal with as a person. You don't have to file a separate tax return just for the S Corporation. Um, so it avoids that double taxation that occurs with the C-Corps. Um, it still has the same limited liability. Um, there are some other disadvantages, particularly when it comes to uh, having like large numbers of shareholders. Um, it is slightly more complex uh, to form. And by complex, I mean you file an additional form with the IRS. That's about it. Um, however, the profits have to be allocated to the shareholders according to their ownership stake. Whereas in other companies like C-Corporations, um, you could have different types of classes of stock and based on the types of classes of stock, people could get different amounts of money um, without getting too far into the weeds. Uh, if you're doing small business, if you're an entrepreneur, S corporations are probably the best way to go. And then here is a chart where I label all the different corporations. We can compare them all. And so realize there's mainly three things we're going to look at. We're never going to want to do a sole proprietor and we're never going to do a partnership. And the reason why is because for both of those, they have unlimited liability. And our goal is to use the corporations to basically shield us from liability so that if we have other assets that we own, those are not at risk just because we're trying a company, right? Um, so you're going to be using one of three of these uh, types of companies and the important thing to realize is that basically um, for the formation of an LLC, it starts by filing a thing called the Articles of Organization. Uh, and then for a C-Corp, you basically will also file Articles of Incorporation. So it's a little bit different. One's Articles of Organization, one's Articles of Incorporation. And then for the S-Corp, you actually start it as a C-Corp. Then you file a special form called 2553. You can just look it up, like do a Google search S-Corp form, IRS. Um, you can always look it up anytime. Uh, but basically, you file this form with the IRS. They send you a little letter back saying, "Hey, you've we you know we approved it. You're S elected, and that allows you to have that advantage of not having to do essentially uh, double taxation. Um, the ownership of the different companies obviously different. Uh, limited liability company, the LLC, is owned by the members uh, versus a C corp, kind of like remember the big companies like Apple, IBM, etc. Those are owned by shareholders. 
And then the S Corp is kind of this weird hybrid, which is shareholders, but it has to be less than 100 and they all have to be U.S. citizens because the whole point of the S Corp is to basically make it easier on your taxes. So if they're foreign citizens, it wouldn't really help them much. Um, basically, if you look at the stock uh, that's set up for each of these companies, the LLC doesn't really have any formal stock. It basically has membership interests and those interests determine where the profits go. However, if you look at a C-Corp, think about big companies again, they can have all sorts of classes of stock. They can have preferred stock, non-preferred stock. They have voting shares, non-voting shares. Without getting too much into the weeds, realize that if you're going to build a big company and you're, you're going to have a lot of people involved and people can buy and sell your shares of your company, you're going to be a C-Corp. Um, if you go have an S-Corp, you only have one class of stock, so everybody has to be equal in the S-Corp. Uh, which makes sense because those corps are uh, more designed to be small. And at the max, you can only have 100 people uh, in the S-Corp anyway. And they'll have to U.S. citizens. So it wouldn't be a type of company that you'd use to, for example, uh, sell stock and raise money. If you look at the management of the companies, you can see the LLC has members and designated managers. Um, the C-Corp has a board of director and officers. It's much more formal. And because of that, if you have a C-Corp, you have to go through the formal rigmarole of having uh, board of director meetings, uh, officer meetings, officer titles, etc. Um, with the S-Corp, you have a little bit of that, but it's a little bit less. You have board of directors and officers. Um, but with an LLC, you just have members and designated managers. Now, if you look at liability protection across all of them, the, the LLC has limited liability for members. The C-Corp has limited liabilities for shareholders, directors, and officers. And the S-Corp has limited liability for shareholders, directors, and officers. So all three of them have great protection on liability, which is the whole purpose of why we would make a company anyway. Um, the next thing is taxation. Um, and this is where it's really important to choose the right type of company. Uh, so for the LLC, you have what's called pass-through taxation. Uh, where basically you can actually list the uh, profits and losses of the LLC. It passes right through to the person or the, the members of the company. Um, obviously, with the C-Corp, it's not like that. The C-Corp has to file its own return. Then it will pay you any dividends or any money uh, that it owes you. And you have to file that on your taxes, which brings up that whole double taxation thing, which is why, in general, we don't want to use C-Corps for small businesses, right? And then if you have the S-Corp, which is the most efficient on taxes, uh, which basically allows complete pass-through taxation, which is great. Uh, you can also have dividends. What happens is when companies have profits, they can issue these profits in the form of dividends to the uh, owners of the company or shareholders, uh, depending on how it's set up. And so for dividends, for example, um, it depends on the member's tax rate and how income is distributed, whether it's going to be a salary from the company or profit. Um, for C-Corps, the big companies, just like if you own a stock of, for example, like Exxon or, you know, one of these older, older companies like a utility, they, they often will pay dividends um, and they'll pay every quarter. They'll pay you some percentage of the profits that the company makes in the form of a dividend. Uh, and those are taxed at the shareholder level. So you, you have to pay tax on your dividend, even though the company itself has already paid tax on its earnings. You have now to pay tax on the earnings that are sent to you. So there's double taxation there. Um, and then basically the S Corp solves all that problems because there's no additional tax on dividends as long as you have a reasonable salary that's uh, basically paid. So if you don't have a salary, then maybe a little different. But for most people that work, uh, have their own S Corp, they're going to pay themselves a salary of some kind. And then if the company makes any additional money, they have dividends where they can just simply pass that through and they don't get any additional tax, which is huge. Um, 
the operating requirements for these companies, as you can see, uh, limited liability is fewer formalities, probably the easiest, I'd say. Uh, C Corp is the most complex. You got to have annual meetings, you got to have minutes, etc. And then you have the S Corp, which has a little bit more formalities than the LLC, but a lot fewer than the S Corp, a little easier to do. And then ownership restrictions, um, basically LLC really doesn't have any kind of ownership restrictions. C Corp, definitely no ownership restrictions. These are the big companies think of. People from a different country, for example, can buy shares of Apple. There's really no ownership restrictions on that. Now the S Corp does have ownership restrictions and that's where you have a limited of 100 shareholders and they all have to be US citizens or residents, et cetera. The other thing to remember is how long these companies last or the duration. So for LLCs, they usually are indefinite, but it depends on the state and depends on how you set it up. For C-Corps, they are perpetual, meaning they will continue forever as long as you continue to file all the forms you need to file at the state level. And with the S-Corp, same kind of deal. It's perpetual. As long as you keep filing the forms you need to file every year, it will continue forever. So I hope this kind of helped clarify some of the the you know, complexities of these companies realize that, you know, all these details, I, I wanted to provide them to you in case you have questions, but for most people, the thing that you're going to probably do is you're probably going to build an escort for yourself. If it's something that you're doing, like you want to have a side clinic, you want to have a side hustle, you're probably going to use an escort. And the reason why is that it's very simple and all of the uh, losses, all of the gains go right to your personal taxes, which is exactly what you want. And that brings us to, the advantages for having a company. So one, there's a lot of advantages for having your own business. And a lot of people say, you know, oh, I already have a job. Uh, why would I want to, you know, build, take the time to build my own company? Uh, why don't I just, you know, uh, just go start doing something else and see if I get paid? And you can do that if you want to. But remember, if you're going to engage in business as yourself, you are basically being a sole proprietor, which means you have unlimited liability. So let's say, for example, you work at Hospital X and now you want to go and you maybe you want to um, offer mobile Botox, right? And the mobile Botox, you're doing it as yourself. People are basically paying you as a person. What can happen there is that you as a person, because you don't have a corporate structure, you have unlimited liability. For some reason, Botox is, is very, very safe. And as you, if you look into it, you'll see that there has really been no lawsuit outside of just complete um, uh, ignorance or <laughs> complete... <laughs> complete errors uh, by someone, uh, there have been no lawsuits on it because it's very reversible. So if you mess up someone's, you know, if you, get, if you call a ptosis, you, you mess someone's eye, for example, with Botox, it is reversible. So there's no damages. So it's very safe on Botox. But that being said, if you did something different and for some reason you hurt someone, then they could actually go after you as a person and then go after your personal assets that could belong to you and perhaps even your spouse, etc. So we never want to do business without some kind of legal protection, right? Uh, and so the advantages of having that is that, number one, it gives you flexibility. Because once you have your own company, you can run your own business. You can determine your work hours, what you want to work on. You have that freedom to do that. The big one here is that also you have unlimited earning potential. When you're in a job, there's only so much a company can pay someone to do a job, right? There's only so much value that you can create by doing a job for someone else. When you build your own company, you have the ability to make as much money as you really want to. You can build it to be as large as you want to. You can keep it as small as you want to. There's no right or wrong in terms of size. It's whatever's best for you. But because you have your own company, 
you have much, much greater potential for financial rewards if your business is successful. And the other thing that many times people that are just starting out in entrepreneurship are unfamiliar with is that the major asset that you're building when you go out and you start your own company is that that company in the future can be sold to someone else. And majority of the time when those companies are sold, they're sold at a premium, meaning that they often the person that will buy that company from you will pay uh, multiple times how much that company earns in a year. So for example, if you go to sell your business, say your business does $100,000 a year, and you go to sell your business, maybe it's a clinic, uh, someone might come in, they might pay three to five times the annual earnings of that business to own it. So that would be considered standard for medical clinics is between, um, you know, somewhere between one to, to three times, depending on the niche that it's in. Med spas, those kind of things are a little bit higher. They're usually three to five. Um, but maybe you have a clinic that's, um, you know, uh, insurance-based clinic. It's going to be one to three X. Um, but let's just say, for example, you go out, you build yourself a mobile Botox business. You're doing great. You have some people that are working with you. You're making some money. You make $100,000 that year in earnings. And you say, hey, I'm, I'm done. I want to sell it. I want to do something else. No problem. You can sell that company for, for some kind of multiple of the earnings. And so, for example, if it's a 3X, then you will sell that company for $300,000, even though the company only earns $100,000 a year as considered standard. And there's different multipliers for different industries. Uh, just to give you an example, medical clinics have you know a certain multiplier, software companies, a different one, manufacturers, different, each different niche and industry have their own multipliers. The other thing is that I will tell you that having your own company, there's a certain sense of personal fulfillment that comes with that. And so being your own boss and seeing a vision or a dream that you had actually come to life, there's just nothing quite like it. And so it's very, very satisfying. But the one thing I really want to stress to you here is that if you are working as a W-2 employee, meaning that you are basically working for like a hospital or a large company and they give you a paycheck and when they give you the paycheck, they've already taken out your taxes out of it uh, and you get whatever's left over. Um, realize that when you have your own company, there's no one holding that money out from you. And what that means is that you are able to have significant tax advantages, so as a business, you can write off many, many more things than you can ever do as an employee. In fact, over the last uh, several decades, the IRS has actually restricted so many things that a traditional W-2 employee can write off to, to the point now where you can write off hardly anything if you're a W-2 employee. In fact, there's very little you can write off. Um, however, if you're a business owner, even if you are employed by a hospital company and you have your own business, you now have the ability to, to write off, uh, for example, expenses that are associated with that business, and it will actually deduct that from your tax liability. So for example, let's say you are doing a mobile Botox business, and part of having that mobile Botox business means you need to have a vehicle that transports you around along with your supplies to perform these procedures. That's pretty fair. Well, you know, during the time where you might use your car, or maybe you get a different car, um, that car and its expenses and its gas, those can be written off on your taxes through the business. If you were just a, simply an employee doing this on your own, you would not be able to write any of those off. And obviously, I'm not an accountant, so you'll need to check with you know your local accountants and these things kind of change. But this is just an example. So for example, um, some other expenses that you could write off by having your own business, which will decrease your tax rate, even if you are still employed, uh, are home office expenses, travel, meals, 
And there's so many more that like run off computers, you name it. Um, all of those things, as long as they're used for business purpose, those open up a huge amount of ability for you to write off on your taxes. Whereas if you were just a plain W-2 employee, you would not be able to do that. One of my favorite things of having uh, my own medical business is that as a business owner, you get the final say. I don't know about you, but I've been in situations where I've had a boss and I don't necessarily agree with the boss or the boss makes a decision that, you know, uh, maybe is not, not the smartest thing and you got to deal with it anyway because this is the way it is. There's a hierarchy. Well, having your own business means you get to call your own shots and there's nothing quite like that. And so you are allowed to directly influence the direction and success of your enterprise. And there's something really rewarding about being the captain of your own ship. It definitely helps you grow as a person. A couple other advantages of having your own company is that you're diversified. So one of the really great things is that it's always nice to have, they, they always say that millionaires have seven sources of incomes, right? Um, and so one of the things really nice is like, let's say, for example, you have your own business and it's making some money and you also have a job and you're making money from the job. Well, something happens at the job, there's layoffs, you know, some management changes, the hospital gets sold out, a new group comes in etc. You have some diversification where you don't have all of your eggs in one basket. You have money coming from other sources so that if something did happen, you have another source you can reach out to. Um, the other thing that I think is really amazing about having your own business is that it has it allows you to basically develop new skills that you probably would have never learned on your own. So running a business requires you to have to wear different hats and take different responsibilities. And so it's very common for entrepreneurs and business people to learn lots of different skills in many different areas like sales, marketing, finance, and operations. And these skills are just so valuable in all of life. For example, if you get really good at sales um, and basically helping people find the products they need to, to be successful, you will find that the skill of having to, to basically be able to talk to people and help them you know, make that decision in sales um, will we'll cross over to so many different things in your life. It's very, very useful. The other thing is that entrepreneurs um, also, um, they often will collect with each other because once you have your own business, it's kind of like your own baby. And so the thing is that a lot of times other people that have their own business like to connect with you. So it's very common for entrepreneurs to have networking events and these kind of things. And so you can meet other people at businesses and learn from them and learn what they do to be successful. And it's kind of like having your own uh, network um, that's out there. So it's really nice to have that. And one of the most important things about building your own business is that you can, if you decide to, build a legacy. You know, if you work a job, whenever you retire, that's it. You know, whatever you did there is gone and, you know, likely replaced by someone else. Uh, and it can be quite depressing. Honestly, if you spend your entire life working in a, in a job and then, you know, hey, it's time to retire. Somebody comes in, that person likely will not be as good as you because you spent all these years becoming excellent at your at your job and your skill. Uh, and then when you leave, that's it. There's nothing there. Um, when you have your own business, if you decide to move on, you can have other people in your family run your business. The business can be run by other people, including employees, and you could have something that can be, you know, last a long time and even sold in the future if you like to, but it gives you a sense of legacy and that's something you can't get from a job. The other thing that, um, having your own business does is it requires you to be innovative. It requires you to use innovation. So one of the best things about being an entrepreneur and having your own business is that you are always learning and growing. And so because it requires that, um, 
many times we find is that people that are entrepreneurs are more energetic, they're more youthful, and they're always learning. Uh, what we often find is that people that do the same thing every day, they get somewhat stagnant and stale. I know for me, this was a big thing. I couldn't imagine, I would see people working in the hospital and work there for 40 years. And they, they do the same thing every day for 40 years. It just, I just couldn't imagine ever doing that. Um, and then, you know, you see that oftentimes because they do the same thing, they, they get into this kind of rut or this kind of fixed habit and they're not growing anymore. And so we see this so often, especially in medicine, right? Where, you know, you, when you start your medical career, you're often in school and you're just learning, 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 learning. And then you get out to practice and it's kind of like you kind of taper off there. You might do continuing education, but you're kind of tapered off. Well, by having a business of your own, you have new skill sets to learn. So you're always growing. And I always like to say that in life, uh, life is binary. You know, you're either growing or you're dying. And so if you're not growing, then by definition, you're dying. So, uh, so often, you know, by having a business, it allows you to be innovative and, and have a new, a new skill set to use um, that can help you. The other thing that's really great is that having your own business gives you job security. No one can really force you out of your business unless you allow them to. Um, but it allows you to have this kind of, you know, different uh, income streams. And by having your own business, you learn basically how to get income streams. So you're never without skills. You're never dependent on whether a company has a position for you, whether you can find a job, you know, through one ads or whatever. You can always build one because you did before. In order to have a business, essentially, you are building your own job, if you will. You're building your own company. And so you're able to, to not be reliant on a single employer. And so it opens up a lot of freedom for you. And especially during times like these, where things are so uncertain, it's so good to be able to say like, hey, worst comes to worst, I know that I could always make money on my own. I don't necessarily need to have someone hire me in order for me to survive. And I'd say the best part of having your own company is, of course, is you get to customize it. You get to decide how you want to work. You decide the culture of your company. You decide, uh, you know, what the office is going to be like, um, how the teams are going to work, what people's, uh, you know, titles are. You know, you get to decide all of it. And so it's one of the best things about having your own business. So hopefully you find this helpful. Um, this will basically... Uh, if you uh, would like to learn more about it, I'll leave this up. Uh, here are all the different uh, types of companies to form. For most of us doing medical entrepreneurship, we're going to be using the S-Corp when we first start. If we have a big company, we're dealing with lots of other investors. Maybe we take a company public. We can transition that company from an S-Corp to a C-Corp. Uh, we can always switch between these different categories. Uh, but it's good to know what corporations are available and how you can set them up and their advantages and disadvantages. Thank you for listening. As medical entrepreneurs, we have a saying, one vision, one purpose, freedom through prosperity. If you're ready to follow your destiny and break free of the mainstream medical system, join us at freedomthroughprosperity.com. See you next week.